Hi, my name is Anamika Hops, and this is The Art Friend Show, where every conversation focuses on getting to know the essence of creativity itself. I'd love to invite you as well to join me inside of Art Friend School, where we go deeper into these topics and join in with other art friends around the world. Thanks so much for joining us, and let's get to the show. Welcome to the Art Friend Show. Here's an artist you're going to want to know. Hey, my name is Anamika, and I'm an artist in Portland, Oregon. This is a series of daily Art Friend interviews. I'm doing 100 days going live and workshopping this concept of the Art Friend Show, where we get to make friends with our creativity and each other. Our guest today is an artist named Ruth Armitage, and I'm going to invite her on right now. There you are. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Ruth. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. For um, everyone who has not yet met you, will you please tell us where you live, what kind of art mediums you like to create with, and um, we'll go from there. Well, I live, I just recently moved back to Oregon from Vancouver. I live in West Lynn and I work, I'm a painter. I work in acrylic, oil and watercolor. Started out in watercolor and that's my first love. And um, Ooh, kind of, yeah. we're gonna talk about that today, your watercolor <laughs> love. Yeah. Cool, so you, you, we're kind of neighbors. I live in Selwood, oh. so we're in oh. West House. Just across the river. Yeah. South part of Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And so we're as a painter, you work in watercolors, oils, and acrylics. Mm -hmm. And um, you were just telling me about something really exciting yeah. that <laughs> has to do with your watercolors and your tenacity. Can you tell us about that? Please? Well, um, I'm going to be a part of a show in New York in April. It's the American Watercolor Society show. And it's a big deal because people enter from all over the world and they have probably 2,000, 2,500 entries for 175 spots. And I was in about six years ago, I got into the show and I've been trying ever since to get back in and I finally cracked that nut this year. And then I was so excited and I was planning to go down or go over there with my daughter and attend the opening at the end of April. And then I found out <laughs> that I got the third place award. Wow. Is, out, out of 175? Yeah. That's, yeah. It was, that's astounding. That's <laughs> so exciting. And, and just before I found this out, I was looking because people were announcing, you know, that they had gotten awards or they were in the show. And I was looking and I, you know how you always, you're happy for them, but you have this little wistful thing like, will I ever get there? Will I ever, will I ever make it? And um, it actually happened. <laughs> I was like, I had so been great. checking the wrong email. I had been checking my, um, my spam email, you know, thinking that it would have been forwarded to it, but it wasn't. It was in my website email. <laughs> the announcement. That's so wild. So, and also like for context, for five or six years before this, you didn't get into the show at all, right? No, not at all. Okay. Never. So, and in fact, the, the first yeah. time I got in the show, I got in with a piece that I had submitted the year before 
and was rejected with. Mm-hmm. So a different set of judges. Yes. Um, you know, art is is subjective. And I think for me, it just shows you that you have to believe in yourself. You can't look for external validation. You just have to believe in your own heart that the work is good yes. or, or that it's your best. I mean, it doesn't even have to qualify as what we think of as good. It could just be the best you're doing right now. Totally. Yeah, we have integrity to ourselves. Have you ever sat in on a jury, Ruth? I've actually been a juror. You've been a a juror. Yeah, and I'm um, actually jurying the National Watercolor Society this summer. So Mm -hmm. that's in L.A. Yeah. um, Does that, like, how does that, having been, so actually, I'm just going to back up just a bit. Because, um. I feel like the niche I'm in is kind of bridging worlds, right? I I was I came up in the more traditional fine art mm-hmm. world where there's academia, there are juried shows, there are national societies like this, there are you know residencies. It's more kind of um, these wonderful institutions that kind of give opportunities to artists Absolutely. from that before the internet. Right, <laughs> And then I'm now, you know, the last 10 years, I've been really active in this community of, which is also, you know, you're in, a, in that bridge as well. We're self-represented artists. Yeah. We've been using the tools of the internet to build global art brands. Yeah. We, we kind of bridge commercial and fine art work with like licensing partnerships as well as originals. And um, so for people who may not know, like a juried show is... Um, when you submit images of your work and then there's a, a committee that, you know, gauges what can go into the show based on like there's limited space, limited space. Yeah. And I think that that's a really big like accomplishment for, especially a lot of artists who have never been juried into it's something that can feel scary. Like, yeah. It's scary to put yourself out there that way. And it's, it can mm-hmm. be expensive mm-hmm. if you have to send your work to the show. Some of them are just online. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. Because the transportation is high. Right. I'm curious, like, in addition to just feeling amazing to get third place and celebrate that and get to go to the show, what does it cause for you in your art practice, in your sense of community among watercolor artists? Like, what kind of things come from being able to participate in a, in the national, is it international? American? International. Yeah. It's people from China, Malaysia, India, Mexico, Hong Kong, all over the place. Yeah. Um, Well, for me, I think it's more exposure for teaching Uh um, because that's one of my goals is to teach Mm -hmm. more um, Mm -hmm. outside of my local area. Okay. Cool. And um, so that gives you the name recognition a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but but on the other on the other side of the coin, on the creative side, I guess um, for me, it tells me that my work uh, that is that I'm not deluding myself. <laughs> yeah. It's that I'm not um, putting back, work right? out there that that only I think is beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it gives you that confidence to and, and motivation to keep creating. Yeah, you know? yeah, it gives yeah. You that yeah. validation, external validation. Okay. And um, 
I try not to get too big ahead. I mean, people will hang stuff on their wall from Walmart, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but found, these these yeah. judges are um, people that I respect, people that have been in the business for a long, long time, that have taught a lot, that are good painters. They know good art. Um, you know that watercolor is watercolor is so like stressful to me <laughs> because of the commitment of if you're painting in a traditional style of transparent watercolors yeah. your your source of white is the white of the page like in in a really traditional application and so like and I, I should say that the painting yeah. that I entered in this show is actually acrylic and they do oh, take acrylic oh, yeah. as well Oh, okay. So anything water-based. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. It has to be on paper, but. Uh-huh. Oh. oh, that's neat. Um, okay, cool. Let's talk a bit about your um, upcoming, like, you know, teaching in Italy. We have the Sitka Center connection. Yeah, that's, Tell us that's how we met, that. right? Yeah. Uh, Sitka Center here on the Oregon coast. I'll be teaching there in June, I believe. And uh, it's a three day class on texture. So one of my favorite passions. And then um, I'll teach in the summertime at Manuka in the Columbia River Gorge. Oh, yeah. A group cool. called Creative Arts Community. And that's mm -hmm. a week long open studio. So you bring whatever you want to work on oil, acrylic, watercolor, um, your own projects. And then I kind of give you the warm ups and help you out with critiques and technique demonstrations and that sort of thing. That's and cool. Then the culmination of my teaching year will be in Italy in October. Okay. I'm doing a week long class and I was invited to teach at a school called Bob Romita School of Arts. It's housed in a decommissioned monastery in Terni, which is about an hour and a half north of Rome. And they've been hosting art classes and retreats for over 50 years. So a couple of my students, I think that may be why they invited me is that maybe one of my students recommended me or something. Um, so cool. So yeah, I'll be really excited. I've never been to Italy. So really excited to do that. Congratulations. And, um, Congratulations. Thank That's you. That's so cool. We'll be focusing on simplifying the Italian landscape. So we'll work with watercolor with the addition of high flow acrylic white. So you don't have to save your whites. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And um, also some little bits of collage and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So um, because my work is pretty abstract, I, I kind of bridge. When you started talking about bridging two worlds, I thought maybe you were talking about the the difference between realism and abstraction. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. because I've I've been in all of those different areas. Like I started out very realistic still lives, and then I kind of moved towards semi-abstracted figure painting. And mm -hmm. my yeah. paintings were lots of figures, and now they're more non-objective. You can't really always see what I'm painting, although. The painting, for instance, that's in the show in New York is called By Moonlight. And so I think my title, I start with a title always, mm -hmm. an idea, a very concrete idea. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to paint a nocturne, something that's set at night with mm -hmm. strong contrast, dark and light. And so I had all these ideas. Yeah. 
but my application was really spontaneous, really just yeah. fooling yeah. around. Do we see and some? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. I'm eager just to have people see some of your work as Ooh. well, and um, I'm thinking of the piece you have for close-up. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So this um, is a piece that I'm working on right now. It's it's um, kind of my first warm up in the new studio. I um, you know I moved in December, and so I have oh, been kind of just getting time. organized. And um, oftentimes, if you've been off of painting for a little while, it's hard to get back into it. <laughs> so this piece. I started with uh, just a, a scrap of bad painting that I, I didn't, I was going to paint over it. You know, I just never liked it. So I just started yeah. painting over it with white and went Wow. And then layering all of this intricate All the little marks. Detail. And talk about yeah. texture. That's yeah. like visual texture, repetition, different mark making. It's yeah. so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, can we see the painting behind your head? Oh, sure. Do you Want me to go closer to it? Uh, sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If I can get this thing. Okay. Can you still see me? Yes. Okay. So this is Ooh. transparent watercolor. Uh huh. Oh my goodness! I love the value contrast, the way that you have some saturated colors and a lot of neutral. Mm gorgeous Thank and you're you. letting the paint move with the water yeah Ooh. Ooh. i think i kind of um chimed in on one of your lives recently when you guys were talking about drippies yes! <laughs> i was like oh that's one of my favorite parts of watercolor <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if um anyone listening one of the artist interviews with um she's at pittix uh -huh. um she wanted to figure out how to make drips with watercolor that carried more pigment with them. And so, yeah, thank you, Ruth, for <laughs> being a teacher right there in that moment in the community. No problem. I think something that makes us teachers is we enjoy figuring things out with people. Oh, yeah. I, I was a science major for the first two years of university. Oh, really? And yeah, I think that really helped me be a better painter because I'm just... I just look at things as an experiment. Like, what if I try this? What if I yeah. try that? And totally, um, it it really removes or relieves some of the pressure you might feel when you start something new. Like this piece yeah. I just showed you the close up of um, just saying, okay, this is a piece of throwaway paper. I'm not gonna ever do anything with it. I've already ruined it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like logically you're free. Yeah, and I think that people imagine that once you're at a level where you're entering shows or in galleries or any of those things, I think they imagine that you don't have throwaway paintings. Well, you do. I think of it as, you know, I played violin and piano growing up and we would practice and practice and practice, but those sessions don't stack up. But as visual artists, we get really confronted with our um, practicing and yeah, a lot of absolutely. our work, really all of it is a practice to some extent, absolutely. but um, we also have to be willing to <clears throat> discard some of it or paint yeah. over it. Kind of winnow out. 
Uh, yeah. I have someone uh, that I follow who calls it the axe man. <laughs> the axe man <laughs> comes in after all the work is done and says, yeah. you're out of here. <laughs> Only the best survive. Yeah. Yeah. I have a show coming up in April that's a kind of a large space. Oh, it's yeah. just me. And congratulations. <laughs> I'm like, I love you, babies, but we're going to need to make some bigger stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, like, a lot of these feel like they might get the axe. So it's that sort of tension between, you know, knowing we can deliver yeah. on an assignment, on a commission, on whatever, and being willing to have integrity to our work and be like, this one doesn't make the cut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of this. Yeah. You have. I have to be I have to able to it. work toward a deadline without saying everything is going to go towards yeah. this. Yeah, like you can't, right? I, I try to, to guide myself and my clients that, you know, we're going to make 20 paintings and, you know, perhaps eight or nine or 10 of them are going to work out, but they're going to all teach us how to do it. Right. Um, that, and you have that. to look at those paintings that don't work out as an investment rather than a failure. Uh, oh, I mean, that, yeah. Our to ego doesn't like to do that, but like they are, they're just practicing our scale. Well, I mean, know? if you were a salesperson well, and you're mm -hmm. going to call on clients, you expect a certain number of no's. You totally. just expect it yeah. as part of the whole package yeah. you get. Yeah. I mean, look, look at you, you apply for, you apply for a year, you apply the next year, your piece gets in, you apply for six years, don't get Nothing. in at all. Yeah. And now you're third in the nation. <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, in that show. In that show. <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, that's where being an artist takes a lot of, you know, t like, you said, your word was so brilliant, tenacity. It takes tenacity, and I think that what we can do as community is normalize that part of the process. And resilience. I mean, I think it's normal. Yeah. You're putting yourself into your work to feel hurt yeah. or sad when you are rejected. I think it's normal Yeah. to be able yeah. to... to recover from that and just say yeah. well, I still like it <laughs> yeah and to be like all right and we're gonna keep working you know we're just gonna keep going and I think of that with grant applications mm -hmm. you know I feel like I every grant I've ever received I've earned by the other 10 between that I didn't get <laughs> even with submissions any of it um it's it's all just re remembering we got to put ourselves out there Absolutely. Um, so one thing that you and I have in common is we like to prank yeah. people. Absolutely. <laughs> um, April Fools is coming up, so anyone listening, maybe they can get some ideas, or they can DM us with really good. Ideas. <laughs> I always love. Oh, we're opening good. a can of worms. <laughs> well, but like I like good prank inspiration. You know, I do too. Been on it. So tell me about a prank you have pulled in the past, okay. if you're willing. Okay, well, I mean, I I come from a family that did pranks on each other, and my mom would tell these wild tales of April Fool's Day in North Dakota, where she grew up, like, tipping over the outhouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> um, Gross. Putting, putting mm -hmm. filters in the pancakes so you couldn't cut the pancakes. <laughs> um those sort of things yeah. and um yeah she just had a wonderful sense of humor and um so one of the things i did 
was shortly after my twins were born. They were born in March, March 24th. And on April 1st, I called and told her that I was pregnant again. (laughs) (laughs) I already had three under three. What? And I told her, (laughs) I told her I was pregnant again. And she was so excited. She was overjoyed. And I'm like, think about this, mom. I gave birth two weeks ago. That was pretty funny. She felt she felt embarrassed, but she was wanted to be happy for you, right? Oh Oh my god! And then I have a friend who is part Japanese, and she has you know just an an affinity for all things Japan. And um, I also know about her that she is slightly competitive. Uh-huh. And so when you're on April Fool's, I called her and told her that I had been invited to teach a workshop in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> By this woman who actually I do know from Japan. Yeah. And she knows her. And um, so it wasn't beyond the realm of possibility, but it was pretty far-fetched. And I knew it would just push her buttons. And she was livid. Oh. She couldn't even speak. She was so mad. When and I get her she mad, every like, year. Found out it was a prank, or she was or... mad before she found out it was a prank. She oh. was so jealous. Oh. <laughs> I appreciate you like acknowledging jealousy in, in like in poking fun yeah. lovingly at your friend in your and own kind of like normal. You know, I mean, it is you know it is normal, and it points towards what we want. Yeah. It's like. Ego, ego, jealousy, rejection, all You have to have some sort of ego to put yourself out there. Yeah. You know? You have to have some self-confidence. So anyway, it was it was a fun one. I get her every year and she knows it's coming and and we talk about it and then she still falls. Still get her? Yeah. Oh my god. That is too much fun. Okay, I'm gonna have to think about it. Have you got any good ones? Do you have any that you pulled? <laughs> I had so much fun recently. Okay. Um, well, oh, actually, there's one that some people know about. Um, do you know Jennifer Mercedes? She's I know her work. I know her she, work. She lives here in yeah. Portland. And we have a mutual friend whose name is Carrie Schmidt, who's also a painter who lives in Washington State. And okay. Carrie Schmidt, uh, a few years back, was teaching a retreat here in Portland and she's like you know hey friends you know stop by for the, like the Saturday night part of it or whatever yeah. and we're like, okay okay but on Saturday <laughs> earlier in the day Jennifer shows up I think Jennifer and I were both actually doing a show that day and we both had booths at it so as soon as it was done we like go out to her car and she has a trunk full of all sorts of floral because Carrie Schmidt paints flowers okay okay so all the props yeah so she has everything floral i think we had like kind of workshopped this idea but she came through she had like textiles dresses headscarves the whole bit my dog might bark because the um mail is getting delivered so just anyway so we go drive over to her workshop which is where flora bully used to have her studio she was renting it out and we disguised ourselves head to toe, unrecognizable, like total, just 
Boston florals, and then we like snuck around the back to just like the windows of the studio, and we just started making a racket and like doing like a parachute dance. <laughs> And everybody started looking through the windows like, what is that? It was so fun. And they didn't know who right. we were because you really couldn't see. But anyway, they ended up inviting us in and playing some music. And we did kind of a strip tease for all her students. And oh my I gosh. It was that nice. sounds like a it riot. Was, I love it. Carrie, Carrie was a very good sport about it. And Jennifer and I, I think, might have had more fun than anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, that's fabulous. Another day. Um, so my neighbor pranks me a lot. I'm pretty trusting, so I'll just realize in the moment she just totally pulled one over, you know, just yeah. in normal chat. Yeah. Um, and so she went out of town, and it was her birthday. And I'm not going to name any names, but I will say that um, I, some other neighbors and I collaborated, <laughs> and on her birthday, we staged a party at her dining room table. Oh. <laughs> and, with all wearing costumes, and we sent her a little photo. Oh my gosh! And then we did a. This was really fun. We um, and she was okay with it. Um, but we like local. We took some of the neighborhood kids, like, and did a pillow fight on her bed. And then I swapped. I printed them out and swapped them out for her framed artwork. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I then, love that. And like you know, some people are like, you know taking sauces out of her fridge and we took that photo and then put it on her fridge oh, like it, we oh i swapped out some of her artwork with silly silly prank photos uh -huh. and it was it was it brought me a lot of joy and it, yeah it, she was really touched and um it was fun to get like a bunch of other friends in on it it was kind of an elaborate prank though man that took a lot of time it was so worth I it it was it have was one similar cool. to this okay. um yeah we have uh, a college friend who built a home and um, he was single and he he didn't have a lot of the kitchenware and stuff like that so I decided yeah. to house uh, host a surprise housewarming on oh. April Fool's Day oh. so <laughs> I enlisted amazing. my husband's help and he kept him busy yeah. uh, while we I had his garage door code. <laughs> so okay. I got into his house and let all the guests in. And we, when he came home with my husband to drop off a car, we were all standing in the garage. So he opened the garage door and all our feet were in the garage. You could just see us all. And we, we had all brought housewarming gifts. And in the gift, we had to write the thank you note. Dear Ruth, Thank you for the clock. It's the best clock I've ever received. And you are the best person <laughs> in the whole world. I will never be late again. Or <laughs> we just like wrote the, the and then all he you. had to do was sign his name and put it in the mail. <laughs> that's, that's a gift. It was too. so funny. Oh <laughs> Wait, so yeah, pre-write their thank you note? Yeah, yeah. That just With the gift. That's Wouldn't that be funny? That's that's actually kind of a nice service because it, it it at least facilitates that very yeah. very classy. <laughs> wow! Oh, surprise parties yeah. are such an act of love. It was oh really gosh. fun, so much fun, and totally unexpected. No reason really, you yeah. know, just out of the blue. Oh, that's but it was wonderful. April Fool's Day. Yeah. On April, yeah. that's amazing.
<laughs> I think another one I saw, I think the local ad agency Wyden and Kennedy, um, a bunch of them that I follow posted in their stories that Snoop Dogg was doing an exclusive <laughs> concert. I think that might have been more widespread. But I totally believed it for like two hours before I realized, Oh, they go full stack. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you the one that got me that I was the most gullible. I was in high school, mm -hmm. and um, I grew up between Albany and Corvallis, south of, in the valley down south of Portland, yeah. quite a ways. Yeah. And really, we didn't ever come up here, but for some reason, I was with, oh, I think we were on a field trip or something. And yeah. we drove by, this is when they were first building the LDS Temple, right at 217 mm -hmm. and I-5. Yeah. And I was like, uh -huh. what's that? And my friend said, oh, they moved the state capitol. Did you not hear? <laughs> they're, they're building a new state capitol. <laughs> and you believe her? You're like this country bumpkin from Southern yeah. <laughs> down the I-5 corridor. I probably would have believed them, too. Like, in high school, oh. I mean, I've never heard of, I don't think I even knew that LDS folks built temples, you know, but it's this yeah. grand giant building with a gold man on top. Yeah. And our state capitol has a gold man on top. So I, okay. I think it's made sense to me. <laughs> I still remember it probably because it was embarrassing. Yeah. Once you figured out, you know, how we get those core memories. Yeah, absolutely. That's so sweet. <laughs> oh, this is really fun. I'm thinking of so many more realizing that, you know, the family, I grew up in a family that of pranksters basically. Yeah. I remember on um, my um, my older brother was gone for a year. He bought one of those around the world tickets oh, right after right, graduated right. college. He's amazing, and I must have it must have been maybe my 18th birthday or something, and he wasn't supposed to be back yet. Well, now I'm ruining, ruining the surprise, but essentially, my mom wrote a series of rhyming like treasure hunt clues, and I was oh. having a birthday party at her house, and it ended with me walking into a room and my brother popped out of a giant box oh, like my god I had no idea he was even back in the united states That's so and, we're really cool. close. and of course at the time he was like a film and documentary major so he had also made a documentary on his travels uh -huh. and so i walked in and i saw a camera this was before we all had smartphones or anything on, on, you video know, big and, video camera what <laughs> ah! <laughs> i love that type of you know fun yeah and, it's joyful. It's I wonder joyful. how we could like get that more in our artwork or how we show up on Instagram. <sighs> I like I loved that yeah. trend for a while of flash mobs. Wasn't yes. that so fun? That was fun. I like, like flash mobs. I can dance, but like not that. You're good. <laughs> um, <laughs> what my are you talking about? For this art friend show, I would love if you know, we have to dream really big, but also like not delude ourselves and keep making progress. Right. But my biggest dream would be for somehow for to be able to collaborate with a real production team and real comedy writer. Okay, so I was like, going to tell you this. Yeah, I was talking to the same friend that I prank every year yeah. this morning. And she said that the publisher of Where Women Create oh, is yeah. starting a new endeavor really? where they do people live or uh-huh you gotta check what? it out i gotta talk to them yeah what's their, name? What's their handle what's their whatever i'll get more information i don't know yes it, um Love that. she's been featured in where women create before and uh -huh. so she's yeah. got the contact there but 
Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love, like, I want to go into people's studios and just love them up. And then it, like, cuts to a skit yeah. that's, like, hilarious about the creative process. Yeah. You, I love you've that. Out, you've got confidence. I think I can see it all. I watch a lot of Saturday Night Live sure. and stand up. Sure. But it's yeah. like, wouldn't that be so fun? We would have our own, like, niche show to binge watch. It's, yeah. Because they do that with, like, home decor. They do that with all sorts well, of things. Well, they've done it in Europe, too, right? Have you mm -hmm. seen that one where people are trying to be the next Rembrandt or something in, in uh, Holland? Or Yeah. I, I, you know what? Maybe, maybe also I could study the genre and see more of what's out there because I actually don't watch that much TV. I don't either. <laughs> um, yeah, but... Yeah, I I wonder like what's unique about that. Like you know, we're in a niche. We're in a niche of self represented self represented art brands that are like really welcoming and not actually playing into our inherent competitiveness. Let's own that we are of course and, and human and competitive. Surpassing elitism, really. You know, yeah. like getting beyond that. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably going to become a YouTube channel at you know its next. That's good. Yeah, but it'd be really fun if it's like actually got a production team and a budget and real writers yeah. and real actors. Oh, yeah. It'd be awesome. You can do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. Well, thanks <laughs> for coming in and sharing about your art. Oh, thanks your for having art. me. This is such a great idea. And I admire you so much for your tenacity and your consistency and all of that. So congratulations. Thanks, Ruth. And um, just a reminder to people, go to Italy yeah. with Ruth. Yeah, all the information's on my website, rutharmitage.com, and there's yeah. in my bio. Yeah, okay. okay, great. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to post this, and then I'll follow up with you just to debrief. And um, everyone else, thanks for watching. Comment below with, like, your favorite prank or maybe oh, one that prank. Be fun. We'll get some good ideas. And <laughs> us in the DMs, the funny, funny videos you see. I love yeah. that. And uh, we'll see you on the next Art Friend interview right. tomorrow. Okay. Thanks. Right. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. I'd love to have you inside of Art Friend School, where we go deeper into these topics. Follow the link that's in the show notes or find it on my website at onamika.com.